Welcome to Crush and Disappointment. In this episode, I'm chatting to Ed about his crush on Roller Girl, as portrayed by Heather Graham in the 1997 film Boogie Nights. Most of the quotes I took from Heather Graham were from interviews around her 2018 directorial debut, Half Magic, and the interviewers would often ask her about the nature of her roles, which are often characters with sex appeal and what that means. I think I misrepresented her opinion a bit, so I'm going to read this quote. This is earlier, this is from 2012 in an interview with Elaine Lipworth from the Courier Mail. But um, I think the first part of this quote I sort of expressed in the episode, but the second part I didn't. And I think the combination is important. So, the issue of sexuality fascinates me because our culture sends out mixed messages to women about sex. Are women supposed to be sexually alive things or are we supposed to be good mothers who would never do those things? In movies, we see men having all kinds of sex and people say, oh, they're men but women don't have the same amount of freedom to express that side of themselves in film or in life. I like the fact that some of my roles may help people open their minds about the way they think about sex. And tangenting off that, I give a version of her filmography which just focuses on a particular type of role which sort of narrows down her work, so that's not good. Uh, Another error is that I say that Anna Paquin is the youngest person to win an Academy Award. She's not... She's the second youngest winner of the Best Actress in a Supporting Role, which she won at 11 years and 240 days for the piano in 1993. The actual youngest actress in a supporting role is Tatum O'Neill, who won at 10 years and 148 days for Paper Moon in 1973. Um, There's also maybe an issue about me only having three good anecdotes and four hot takes that I repeat in every episode, but I think that's about it. So here's the crush. In a 2016 interview with The Guardian, Heather Graham was asked what her guiltiest pleasure is. She replied, I love sleeping. When I tell people how much I sleep sometimes, they are horrified. I basically sleep between 9 and 12 hours a night. So, basically, how's your sleeping pattern? Do you sleep well? No, not at all, to be honest. Like, um, no, I, I sleep like crap. Like, I literally think I have a good night's sleep on Friday, but that's just because I've been to the pub for like six hours. So that's the only thing. But yeah, no, I, I don't sleep well at all. I wake up like quite a few times in the night. You drink enough espresso and then it usually uh, sorts itself out. So um, yeah. Yeah, because um, I tried to get in the habit of reading before bed, but then I'll get knackered and I'll stop reading and then I'll just go on my phone afterwards because it's like, if I'm on Twitter, it's like easier to understand. It's only, it's only a little. And then I, you know, obviously when you have to go on your phone before you sleep, you just can't get to sleep. Um, yeah, I mean that, that. I think that is a thing though, because like when I like have my laptop next to me or my phone, I'll like, I'll read just a Wikipedia page about like medieval Germany for like four hours, and I'm like, it's one o'clock, mate. I think you should have gone bed like three hours ago. But let's keep reading. We, we, we've already started this thirty-page Wikipedia article, so might as well keep going. But yeah, I think if you read or do anything like that with like lights, it messes with your eyes. I yeah. think. But yeah, also if I eat too late, it makes my like, stomach a bit and that will make me go to bed late as well, which is, I can't really help it because I come back from work quite late anyway. So I don't really have, um, don't really have anything. I, I should try harder, but I don't. So, yeah. and I'm late to work most days, but <laughs> hopefully this, uh, this doesn't get back to bite me in the ass, but yeah, well, they know anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so do you have trouble waking up in the morning? Because you- oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wake up at like five and six in the morning and I was like, if I put the effort in, I could I could do a really good shift in the morning and wake up and get to work on time and be like leave on time as well. But now I'd fall back to sleep and miss all my alarms and I'm like it's eight o'clock and it like I need to leave the house at ten past and sometimes I've left the house at like half past eight. 
I would like turn up at like twenty past, and if no, if, if no one's said anything, I'll, I'll yeah. just keep going. But <laughs> I, in all fairness, I do atone for my tiredness by staying. I usually stay like an hour, or if not more, every day at work, just because I prefer working in like when it's darker and in the evening and stuff. I'm not a really good morning person. Never have been. Yeah, my, I think my issue is that I um, don't have like a consistent time that I get up, and I feel like that fucks me. I feel like if you like have a proper routine of like and you stick to it, like go to bed at the same time, get up at the same time, it's all, I always feel better. Like at the moment, I just feel shit because like through most of the day, because I'm just a little bit tired. I just don't want to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just have to. I just like I have dreams. Like, that was a really nice dream. I was uh, was an artist, but now I've got to uh, do loads of reports. <laughs> 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 sit there all day. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, uh, it, it could be worse. I mean, I used to wake up at like half five for my cleaning job at uni because I didn't want to miss like loads of lectures. But even then, I was I was late for that every day. Anyway, so <laughs> it's kind of a current theme. I think my family didn't teach good punctuality. Yeah. Uh, hard work, yeah, but no, nah, I don't think I've been on time for anything in about a year. So <laughs> just keep just keep going. I just just don't fight the trend. Um, yeah, no. Uh, it's feeling making me feel tired talking about this, but I'm still not going to go to bed till like one, so screw it. So with um, Heather Graham's co-star in Boogie Nights, Mark Wahlberg, did you see his schedule that he put on? Is I think his Instagram, his routine. Uh, what is is his exercise routine? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I wish I could look like Mark Wahlberg <laughs> any day of the week. Like, doesn't he? I think he like exercises like for like three hours a day. He's like. Even LeBron James doesn't bloody do that. <laughs> it's like it's insane. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're that rich and you got your own, I'll I'll do that. I guess. Well, I, think like, it's, I mean, I don't think I would. It's I probably, I probably wouldn't. I so probably it's um, wake up at two thirty a.m. Prayer time at two forty-five. Breakfast three fifteen. Three forty to five fifteen workout. Then his post-workout meals at five thirty a.m. Shower six. Golf at seven thirty. Eight a.m. Snack. Night 30 a.m. cryo chamber recovery. Uh, 10.30 snack. 11 a.m. family time slash meeting slash work calls. And then lunch. And then he picks up his kids and basically goes to bed at 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Well, he's not in prison, is he? Like, <laughs> I mean, why don't you just enjoy your life? Hey, fair enough. Like, I, I can't really knock him because like, it's, it's fair enough staying fit and healthy. Mm. Just think we're all going to die anyway. So it's, yeah. it's, a bit, it's a bit boring for me. Yeah, I've uh, I tried... I usually go bed at off to... <laughs> some of the trends I've had in the recent weeks yeah um, but yeah no I couldn't couldn't wake up that early it's, yeah. it's just too much even if we're going on holiday I think the earliest I've woke up is like four it just makes me feel sick yeah. I actually feel physically sick like I'm going to throw up if I've woken up at that time and I have to do stuff it's like it's unbearable yeah. Um, but yeah no yeah I'd love to uh, love to live his life <laughs> yeah sounds great um, I think, I with all that money yeah, well, with all them, awful well I don't know. I think I, I'm, I wouldn't be able to cope with the fame and the money, so I'd probably <laughs> just 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 spiral out of control. But yeah, um, yeah. maybe cool with, with the regimented routine though. I feel like so I tried to start exercising again, and I, just, I can't get. I don't know. I just can't be asked. It's just so much fucking effort. I I like playing sport. But I don't really like. I can't stand the gyms. I think I'm a bit like too self conscious. Slash, I just don't. I find it uncomfortable. I just think there's just too much going on. Um, I should do more exercise, but I do a lot of walking. I don't know. I don't, I kind of like starve myself, not necessarily intentionally, but I eat like sometimes one meal a day, but it will be like all the calories. So I think the fasting may help. I don't know. Maybe I just don't eat enough. 
Yeah, I'm not in desperate need of exercise anyway, but I am at the same point. I don't know. Um, I would say I'd bike, but I'm just petrified of getting run over. Yeah, it's it's just, I don't think biking in London's good either. So yeah, not going to do any exercise in conclusion. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I got I got into a good routine like a couple of years ago. And then, I'd, but the thing is, I was going like, I don't know, probably like three, four times a week. But then it's just like, I felt like everything else in my life just turned to shit because I didn't like do anything I was enjoying. <laughs> and then it's just like... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you've already, I've already got a job. I don't, <laughs> I don't need another job exercise. I've got to go gym. Like, but where, like people going in the lunchtime. So it's like, no, yeah. I don't, I'm going to read BBC Sports and read about how someone's trying to buy all the Leicester's players like every week. Like, I don't want to be like using my whole time doing... Going to the gym, I I, I, I need to like rest. Yeah. Like I've just been working for the last like four hours and I need to rest. But yeah, it's, it's good for some and I can't really take it away from them. I, I would probably love to do that. Um, it, it does just make you feel better. But again, uh, we'll have to see. Maybe in like, maybe in the turn of the year. Everyone says that. <laughs> 220 is the year, boys. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I guess if we bring it to... Heather Graham. Do you remember what the first film it was? I think it was the Austin Powers one, if I'm not mistaken, Mm because that's just about when you and I were growing up. I think that was when we were like 10, 11, maybe 12. I think she was in a couple, actually. I can't really remember. I haven't seen the Austin Powers films ages. They were great at the time. Some of it's probably poor taste comedy now, but um, she was just the first person to come to mind because I think that was when I was like growing up and I remember the Austin Powers films and that was like stuck to my head. Mm -hmm. And when like you asked me, because I don't really... I find it almost pointless because if you're not going to be able to go on a date with this person, I don't really see the point in having a crush. It's just, it's just fan, fantastical. But, you know, half the world's fantasy now. Um, yeah, so I do remember seeing it. It's just the first thing that came to my head. So I guess that was like the gut the gut feeling. Yeah. But I, I do remember, I think that was a big film for a lot of kids growing up, was the Austin Powers film. So I think that was quite... Probably shouldn't have been watching it at our age. I, again, I can't remember the well, first one out, I saw. So I think she was in The Spy Who Shagged Me, which was 1999. So yeah, you, you so, have seen yeah, that so summer, I would you? have saw that on probably the video or DVD or, or on the or when it was on telly. Mm. Yes, probably when I was about 12, 11. She probably shouldn't have saw it then. I think it was a 15 rated film. Yeah. Uh, they, they, were, they were good films, I guess. I think like that's when comedy films like that were quite big. Mm-hmm. And I think now they've just become quite trash. Ironically... Speaking of Heavy Graham, obviously The Hangover is probably one of the last got really good comedy films I remember. Because otherwise, there's nothing that's really been that. And Ted, obviously, speaking about Mark Wahlberg earlier, they're like. Other than that, I, I don't really seem to get them jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. But then, I think films gone way too far to Netflix and stuff like that now. That even with the um, is a Scorsese from The Irishman, isn't yeah. it? So that's out, and that's like that looks like. An Oscar-winning film. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Don't know anything about it. Oh, but you it's know what cinema. Mean. I mean, I, I paid. I didn't know. If, I didn't it. know it was out in the cinema, but I didn't know it was on Netflix. But even the fact that it was on Netflix, I'm pretty sure a large percentage, seventy, eighty, will go to see that. Sorry, we'll see that at home on Netflix. Yeah, instead. it wasn't even. Um, I don't think it got like a mainstream cinema release. Like I saw it at the Prince Charles. But I was, I was just saying, I had a, a tether. I was thinking about this. This is gonna. I'm gonna go off the rails a bit because with the Irishman, there was all this talk about how. Anna Paquin only gets something like seven words or something ridiculous in the whole three and a half hours. Who's that? Uh, she was... Do you watch True Blood? She was leading that? She was. Uh, a, I might recognise her. Yeah. I'm not really great with actors' names sometimes. But. So, um, and then I was talking about how... So she was She was also in the first X-Men film. She was Rogue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah it's coming back to me. And, so, it's kind of, and then, so she was like the second lead in that film. And then when they did the big like X-Men film, Days of Future Past, where they brought everyone back, all her scenes were cut. 
And I think it's quite... Should be a better actor, then. Yeah, but I think, <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's interesting, because like, it's like, she got, like she's, she was like the youngest person to get an Academy Award at, at one point. But then she's sort of, I don't know. Basically, I, I feel there's some sort of story in that. And the same thing with Heather Graham's career. I went kind of like crazy reading all this stuff about her. And I feel like I haven't got anything to say, but it's sort of her filmography. <laughs> like, I feel like it says something about, I don't know, like that she was given like these sexualized characters. And then you listen to interviews with her where she's kind of wanting to push away from that. But she's kind of, that was her. Yes, that's why I felt really bad. So when you even asked me about this, I was like, I kind of feel really bad because like, I'm not like, I, I understand that she's probably been shoehorned to be that way as like an actress and I felt like really bad because she's like obviously it's kind of like a sex sells thing so she just gets rammed into these films she probably doesn't even like them maybe mm-hmm. um, I did think The Hangover was alright though but yeah it's the same yeah I don't, I don't it's the same bad, like, thing I think it's the same thing well, again well actually where's the I think I've got a quote from her this might be a good time to do that so this was in uh, an interview with Claire Coughlin so Graham said, we get a lot of mixed messages from the culture. One message is all that matters is your looks and you're judged on that. You're supposed to be sexy. On the other hand, your sexuality is judged in a negative way. So the article says, Ms. Graham knows this double bind intimately, having been cited on increasingly antique seeming lists like People's 50 Most Beautiful People and FHM's 100 Sexiest Women in the World. Her best known roles, including Roller Girl in Boogie Nights, Felicity Shagwell in Austin Powers and Jade in The Hangover are all highly sexualized women. And then Heather Graham says, I don't know. I think when you start to play those kind of roles, you get offered more like that, she said. Maybe it's just your destiny to get those jobs. But she added, I feel like those roles could be better written. Most are written by men, and men sometimes limit women. They want to put her into a box, the prostitute, the stripper, the porn star. They don't show her as a complicated, interesting, fully rounded person. Yeah, I completely agree to that. You made me feel like a dick now. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. Uh, I, I completely agree. That's why I even like the, the, the whole subject I found somewhat uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But then it's just just Hollywood. I think it's just it's just I'm not saying it sh- it shouldn't be different. It definitely should be different. And there's and there's probably a lot of stuff that she's done that's actually been really good. Mm-hmm. If she's ever had the time to properly like go really far into it, mm-hmm. it's like in in terms of the acting, I'm sure like there'll be times where she's done like really good roles. And again, like most of the writing sometimes for films like that is just crap. Like, again, I was a kid when I was watching The Powers. Probably if I like, watching it today, it'd probably be shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, it could, I, I, and I did think The Hangover was good, but yeah, I completely agree with her. Like, she wasn't like, blah, blah, blah. but then on the same token, it is kind of a comedy film, so it's not really supposed to take itself seriously, but then I do feel bad for it because obviously you'll get shoe-wander and again, it's like a double-edged sword. She's been in these roles before, so she's going to get sort of like pushed into them yeah. or offered them constantly. Yeah. And it, it is a massive shame. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel like there could be like other stuff going on. Like, I don't think, uh, like, I think Roller Girl's got a, a bit of depth to her. There's some scenes of her which I think are really good. Yeah, I need to properly watch like Boogie Nights. I, I, I was aware of like she was in it, but I think, I can't remember when that was released, but I think that was just one of those films that obviously has never really come across like unless I've gone out to search for a film that's old. Mm-hmm. I mean, when was that out? Like 90s or 80s maybe? Uh, Probably 90s, but... It was uh, 1997. Yeah, so I was only like four so obviously, like I don't think like anyone's gonna be like you should watch this film like when I'm like in my like early teens. So yeah. you're not. So I wouldn't have really had a chance to watch it, and maybe I'll I will go back and watch it say if it comes on like Netflix or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, asked for it for Christmas for my grandma, and it created a lot of uh, division in the family. <laughs> when I was like a teenager, and I was like I'd seen it before. I was like because I was a massive like Paul Thomas Anderson fan, but. Um, 
So I remember a few bits from it. One is like the first sex scene between Mark Warburg and Heather Graham, because I remember the, the nudity in that. And then, but also I remember that there's a final scene where Mark Wahlberg's looking in a mirror and it's kind of like, it's shot up like Raging Bull, but then he sort of gets his dick out right at the end and he's got this like massive prosthetic dick and I'm being pretty scared by it. Yeah, that, that would, um, that's, that's going to mess up a, a, a teenager for sure. Like, God damn it. Mark Wahlberg with all your exercise and your massive dumb like, <laughs> making me feel like shit about myself I was talking to a mutual friend at school because we weren't sure whether it was pers- whether it was a prosthetic or not um, I think look I watched it a couple of days ago I do think it's quite clearly a I'm going to have to see Mark Wahlberg's prosthetic dick now I don't care about the nudity we have it's like I need to just check out his big dong yeah um, yeah um, alright what are we on now I've got too many questions about Boogie Nights. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, you not seen it at all. You said you said Roller Girl to me is what you said. Yeah, no, but like I think I've, I, I I don't know. I just remember like I don't know if you've told me this. I don't. I, I just can't remember. Like honestly, like I wouldn't have not seen it properly. It might have been on the TV in the periphery. I just I know I know I have not sat down sort of recently, as in in my twenties or even like since I was eighteen. I haven't sat down and watched it like. Mm-hmm minute for minute so I know I haven't probably seen it but I, I remember like aspects of it and like, I think the roller girl scenes like the like the nude scene I think famously so I think I've just heard it like or it's just been on the periphery but now I have to watch it to see Mark Wahlberg's Dumb Dumb so <laughs> I mean I had all this no good choice. stuff about the fact that it's got loads of long takes in it and how it references I Am Cuba Touch of Evil Goodfellas now you maybe look like a Twat. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't have time to prepare. I was doing loads of bloody valuation. So, so like, question. Today. My question. When did you first watch Boogie Nights? Get rid of that. You're not seeing it. Is this a film you go back to? Where did you last see it? Can't ask that. What I'm glad you- I don't go back to it. Because what you described to me, it's going to make me like seem like a massive weirdo. It's like, yeah, I go back to it every day because <laughs> I just, I, I, I like want to get a big dong like Mark Wahlberg. Well, I, I saw a, a quite interesting interview with Paul Thomas Anderson. He was talking about how the structure of the film, he wanted it to be like the experience of watching porn where it starts off like really enjoyable and fun and then it just becomes like a depressing nightmare at the end. Yeah, it sounds right up my street. <laughs> the yeah. depressing nightmare stuff is actually yeah. pretty amazing. Um, the soundtrack, it's got like an 80s sound, 70s, 80s soundtrack that I thought you'd like. Yeah, I know. I'll probably I, see. I, I remember. I remember this. These aspects of the film. But again, like I know, I have. I need to like. I, I just need to rewatch it. Now you made me feel bad. I would have watched it before <laughs> I come. Probably should have. But I mean, I've been busy, so I didn't realise. You did. You did not ask for preparation. I paid two pounds sixty to watch it. It's a couple of days ago. Two pounds sixty. I would have just stole it off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll st- I hope you don't charge for this podcast because I'm going to torrent it to everyone. Uh, and then, I, then I, so I don't know if I can... I'll try and twist this up. So there's, um, I was thinking about how it's like an arty film, but like as a teenager, maybe there was a part of it that was just kind of like a way that I could justify, like the same way that everyone else was watching American Pie, but I could think of myself as being like superior for watching Boogie Nights. Yeah, it's the most Matt thing ever. Like, <laughs> um, I just wanted to see some naked women, but I had to do it the most artsy way possible. Everyone else was watching American Pie. Like, no, I, I, I watch Boogie Nights. It's like, fuck off. I don't know why you watched that film. Don't <laughs> you lie to me, Matt. Because I remember there was... So, obviously, it's just... An, um, he's a, a dodgy person to bring up, but because Woody Allen talked about the reason why he went to go and see Summer with Monica, which is the Bergman film, is because he heard that there was, like, nudity in it, and that's what got him into art house cinema. So I think there's, like, an actually, like... The, perhaps there's even, like, a, a strain of people that that's how they get into art cinema. Yeah, I just think they're just liars. You know? They're <laughs> actually just, like, really depraved people, and they, like, masquerade by being like, oh, art house. It's like, no, you're not. You just don't want to do porn because you want to make some money at least. I don't know. Don't trust them. Well, I do. Well, I don't. 
Well, you don't trust people who make. I don't cinema. trust anyone, actually. I don't. Yeah, I don't trust, especially cinemas. I mean, like you got people like Harvey Weinstein rocking about. Mm. You don't. don't be near yeah, those kind of people. Deprave. You said you would have watched Eyes Wide Shut. This is just right <laughs> down your street. All them crazy characters. Well, definitely as a teenager, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched Iti Mama Tambio with my dad. I remember that not being a, a pleasant experience. What? What is that? It's like um, a Mexican film where these two guys go off with this woman and they just have lots of sex. Oh, okay. And I can't remember if I watched it with my dad or... But or... didn't did want to watch American Pie, though, but it watches a weird, swingy, like, sex adventure holiday film. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and then I was thinking about how I was, like, a massive Paul Thomas Anderson fan, but Boogie Nights is probably the one that I watched the least, and I think that probably was because I just didn't want my parents walking in while I was watching, like... <laughs> I wonder why. It's like... I'm watching a film. Why are you naked? <laughs> to to sort of get the feeling of the film, I'm trying to like be in, like feel the film. It's like <laughs> I just imagine if I, I'd love I to be, I'd love to, I'd love to be, I'd love to be Uncle Elliot, like um, just just walk in and be like, I know, mate, I know, I know what's going on here. It's arty. Yeah, it's arty. Spot the Um, so what I was going to tangent off is so roller girl in the film is known by, mostly by Roller Girl. The one scene where this guy knows her real name is like really upsetting for her because she's kind of created this illusion of who she is and it's reminded. Anyway, so I was going to sort of tangent off that to personas and names. So I was thinking about as, if there's any circumstances in which you use a different name. And I was thinking about how when we, as kids were doing like online gaming, I always use an alias, but I feel like you just used your first name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like, yeah, I know. I was like, well, you're like... I don't, it's confusing. Like, I'm like, like, it's sci-fi ranger 9725. And like, no, I'm just, it's just Ed, isn't it? Like, I fucking, I can't be bothered. Like, maybe like Ted, or sometimes if I, like, Ed's already taken. Well, <laughs> bloody hell, who, who would have done that? Who's got my name? All right, Ed, Ted, Tedward. Sometimes yes, Eddie, but that's as far as I've gone. Yeah. But that's because PS4 made me do that. I didn't want to fucking put underscores in a goddamn name. That's not a name. So not like, I'm not a bit of code on a fucking computer. It's just my name's Ed. Like, I don't, don't need to like, don't need to like mess about with that. So you've got no desire, like eyes wide shut, to put on the mask. No, and I mean like else for, in the online world to experience it is. Nah, all right. It's already, it's already confusing. The real world's confusing enough. I could, I'd rather not. Yeah, because then I found some quote Paul Tom Sanderson what he's talking about because the Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I just give up on this. <laughs> <laughs> Hell. He asked me, why don't you ask me? To, I would have done like, I'm, I'm just like rude and stuff, mate. I've been work all day. If I was like, oh shit, I have to do this, I'll like get boogie nights up on my work computer <laughs> and be like, oh, look at this, lad. Look at Mark, look at Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Look at Mark. You'd seen the film. I was going to tell you, because like the Mark Wahlberg character is known as uh, Eddie Adams, but then he changed his name to Dirt Diggler, then there's Brock Landers that he plays. There's all these different names within names. That was all I was going to point out. Oh. And then you've just got these. I won't even read these quotes. They're pretty good, though. I'll, I'll, oh, no, I would have loved it. I'll put them in the description. You just can read them later. Look at my dog. <laughs> Look <laughs> at my big dog. No, no. Mark Wahlberg. He's like, I'm a bright, shining star. I think that's what he says. Oh, like, I'm a big star. And then he gets his dick out. I, I mean, I do that every morning, but, like, it's not, I'm a bright, shining star. I'm like, fucking hell, I'm hungover as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to, I'm, oh, I need to get moving. <laughs> Um, Been on, fell asleep on the toilet for twenty minutes. What's going on? I mean, I was I was really struggling for questions. I was almost I was talking about a, t- a time when I've, I wore a blazer and felt different. And did you, did you feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
on a blazer are you talking about? <laughs> Do you mean, I, as in like a suit jacket? Yeah, as in, like, I, was, I think I was a volunteer somewhere. I, I was wearing a blazer yeah. and people talked to me differently. And I was like, it was like taking on a whole new persona. And I was looking to say about any other times. It doesn't have to be a name. Uh, any pers- I don't have to wear a suit anymore. But when I do, I feel like I'm, I'm in the mafia and I'm going to kill someone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but... I, I look, I look pretty cool in a suit. I, I do feel somewhat different. I'm like, yeah, big shot. But when you have to do that, like I used to do that every day at my job, and I f- it was fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. Just like you, just feel like it's just uncomfortable as crap. Like what I'm wearing now, I was like, I'm not comfortable in this shit. I want to wear like why can't I just wear joggy bottoms to work? <laughs> You're like, what? Why not? I'm not, I'm not meeting anyone. <laughs> Any personal appearance? Who gives you shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I'm just crossing out on my Boogie Nights bits. I mean, it's, it's a lot of it, it's Boogie Nights. Well, why don't you forward this to me? You said Roller before? Girl, you said Roller Girl. When? You said, you said, you said, when? What, you said when? No, you, you said, said it because you're said, obsessed with no, this film no, and you're obsessed with no, penises. No. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> you, said, you said, who is Roller Girl? I said, Heather Graham. That was, that was where the no, conversation was. You asked me. No, why would I ask you who Roller Girl was if I didn't know you were going to pick Roller Girl? Well, no, well, no, you've got wrong. Well, well, you've got wrong end of the stick here. So, first off, I just, I just know that character was in Boogie Nights, and that was Heather Graham. I never said like, please let's let's have an academic discussion about the film, the cinematography of this film. If I knew that, I would have, I would have fucking watched the film right before coming. Uh, yeah, well, then you should have watched it. And you yeah, it would have been for gross misconduct as well. Because there's a shot where the camera's up high, and then it goes into the well, pool. We should give it. Well, give, well, you clearly don't. You clearly don't give these. I need these notes beforehand. <laughs> I would have read them. I would have read them on the toilet at work, and I would have remembered them all. Uh, I don't like looking like a dullard. Already, like my accent, <laughs> my accent already gives that away to begin with. Don't don't need this. Right. Uh, we'll have to do it again we'll have to do the old podcast again next week and I'll watch the film like 12 times I'll get a Mark Wahlberg tattoo <laughs> uh, I don't know this is a bit I've got a shit but I had a bit from the power of alter egos and then it was a, there was all these questions but they all seem pretty like wanky so it's like um, what hidden aspects of your personality might you wish to have stronger access to what type of archetype or persona could help bring this out <laughs> Say that. Again. Uh, repeat the question, please. <laughs> what hidden aspects of your personality might you wish to have stronger access to? What type of archetype or persona could help you bring this out? I don't. I don't, I don't understand. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, like hidden aspects. Well, if they were hidden, I would fucking. If I knew what they were, I would fucking get them out right away because they would help me like be less shit in life and less of like a social moron all the time. Wait, why, um, why do you feel like a social moron? Because I'm just an idiot, like that aspect. I mean, I don't think I, I, I can get on with people. And I can definitely have a laugh. I do find it hard to understand people sometimes. Uh, maybe that's just because I like overthink things, um, and I'm a bit like less. If I don't know someone that well, I'm a bit like worried of coming across because I, I can be quite like jovial or a bit uh, over the top at times. It's just in terms of like laughing and joking and stuff. So I don't want to come across as a knob, but. Mm-hmm. Guess like so being able to it's not really like fitting in because I, I I don't know I just don't like normality in people sometimes it's not to be judgmental because I guess everyone's like it at times but finding out just talking about really like crappy things I just like I just look like I'm a bit of a knob because I'm like I don't even want to be in this conversation so I'll just get up and leave or something well like like small talk yeah oh yeah stuff. small talk's the worst I'm terrible at small talk like, but no day, one enjoys shit. it 
Well, no, I just refused <laughs> to do it. I'm like, I don't want to participate in just small talk. I want, I want big talk. I want big talk. The world's going to end. We're all going to die. Let's have that. I, I don't want how you're doing in the morning because I'm doing shit. I'm at fucking work on a Monday. How do you think I feel? Like, obviously not. I don't want to talk about this. Leave me alone. And you, yeah, it can come across quite bad sometimes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I don't like being rude to people. That's a difference. Like, I will be polite. Uh, so if someone does talk to me, I can't just ignore them because it'd be really rude. So I will have to play the game, but I hate it. So I won't enact uh, enact small talk. If it's like, I'll just say hi, and then I'm going to get my coffee because that's why I've come to the kitchen. I've not come to mm. have sort of uh, inert conversation with someone. And I, I, yeah, I understand why people are like that, but I just I just don't like hollow aspects, especially like I think Britain's really bad for this. People are just really like superficial a lot of the time, um, like really just like nice to face. It's like they, they never really say what they mean. It's a bit too upper lip kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I do get because obviously I grew up here, but it is kind of annoying. I don't really like having to do with that. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, I wouldn't know how to engage further with this. And like, I think what was the last part of the question? I have. Uh, what type of archetype or persona could help bring what this Archetype? Up? What, what do you mean? Archetype? Of, like, I don't what, know, is it like just like. Just being a dude, like I wear sunglasses to work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like, yeah, I'm like, yo, it's like, that's, that's, this one's like, what, why are you fucking wearing sunglasses for? I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm just a bit stoned. Like, no, uh, joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I don't understand. Like, I can't, I would find it really hard to just change my persona, like, completely. I just, I don't know how anyone could do that. Is it a bit like, so I'm sure that I've read that this was debunked and shown to be bollocks. Did you hear about that? Was it power posing before interviews where you put. Pa- pa- power posing? What? You just like, just get your leg up on the table and just be like, <laughs> I'm interviewing you now. How about that? How about that? Twist it around. <laughs> Twist it around. Can have that job. I'm just getting paid. Don't care. I'm paying you. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, no, it's before the interview. Like, it's like Wonder Woman. You put your your hands on your head. I, yeah, so I think body language is important. Mm. Um, I just false, just utter confidence in interviews. I just pretend like I know everything. Mm-hmm. I don't. But being unconfident, like, I think people, I think you have to realise in interviews, sometimes you just not succeed because they might just not like you. Mm. Um I think you just you have to sort of temper the line between arrogance and confidence, and if you get that right down the middle, you can just come across like a perfect candidate every time. But I don't like power posings overtly necessarily. But I think having a strong body language is good. So you wouldn't, I don't know uh, necessarily how I would sit, but I'd sit, I'd sit with like more upright and yeah. stuff like that. And I would, I'm, I'm bad at maintaining eye contact sometimes because I don't really like looking people in the eyes for too long. I don't know why it's a weird thing mm. I have. Uh, but yeah, doing that and obviously just being not a normal person for half an hour. And then they're, they're like, oh, you've hired me now and I've passed my probation. So you stuck with me now. Yeah. So uh, is, it, is it like a bigger version of that? So it's like the power, you change how you feel about it. You feel more confident. Or like if you change yeah, your clothes yeah. or you change your name or like you think about yourself as like, I'm going to be this type of person. Yeah. And I think everyone does that. I think that's basically the whole social media thing as well. It's just like, this is my mirror of my persona. But when you really get to know someone, you get to see them. Actually, they truly are. I think that's a nicer thing than just seeing this like false image of someone. It's just I almost think it's wrong because I I find that hard to like. I don't. I hate having to. Pretend. I'd rather just not pretend. That makes me have to be sad then. So be it. But I think it just it's more it's more hollow just having to pretend. But then on the same point. I think changing persona just makes you look disingenuous at times, yeah. perhaps. Well, I wouldn't say it. Like, I don't think I do it consciously, but I would definitely like act differently in different settings. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you have to. I mean, it's hard because I can't be bothered to. But yeah, you, I, I've learned that. I used to not be great at that. 
uh, when I was growing up. But I think it's something you kind of learn learned to do instead of just naturally having. That's what I meant. Like I don't really necessarily always have the natural intuition to know how to deal with these social like aspects. But I kind of picked up on it. Do you do you think you put an authentic version of yourself on social media? No, I, absolutely not. I've just stopped trying. I don't care anymore. Like I, I don't know why. I, I've got like it's it's just bad. It's just a bad habit. Trying to avoid going on it as much as possible. I might occasionally post something. It's just like a nice day and event. But that's just really for my memory. Maybe some of my like close friends to just sort of like be like, yo. But I, th- I think that's all you need to do. I think people take it really far. Um, it doesn't need to be. But again, I don't like having to expose myself as well. Mm-hmm. I find it really hard to just be like, oh, blah, 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 writing loads of stuff. I don't want people to know that. I mean, I might tell them this stuff in person yeah. in like confidence, but not. I don't want my whole life to be exposed, so I don't really use it as much as I can, which is which is fine. I don't understand why people do. Sometimes I still follow and read what they do because it's not like I'm not interested in what they're doing per se. It's just I'm not as comfortable throwing myself out there constantly. So I guess that's uh, the opposite to Heather Graham. So in the New York Times interview, she talks about how... Uh, so she's not found celebrity easy. It's almost like you have two personalities, Miss Graham said, citing an oft-told story about Marilyn Monroe walking down the street in New York with a friend who watched in awe as she went from obscure to ogled in a nanosecond by simply turning on some internal electricity. I still feel like I'm this nerdy person that's a little bit shy, she said, alluding to her teenage geek self who grew up in Milwaukee, took advanced placement classes and longed to be the pretty girl who got attention from guys. These days, she said, I can pretend to be a Hollywood actress who's glamorous. You can have a persona that's not really you. So I guess that's that Marilyn Monroe thing is you you wouldn't feel able to just turn on a personality in a second like Marilyn Monroe. Um, I think I actually can, and I think I have at times. But then when I like look back on it, say like on nights out, I've tried to be this person, and sometimes it can be successful. But then I I feel uncomfortable and I feel almost weird in reflection because I'm like that that's not you. That's weird. Why are you doing that? And I think some people can do it quite easily um, and I think I can if I choose to it's just I, I don't feel like I'm being true to myself if I have to act like that or just generally just I mean but then then I also say perhaps I'm just this is me actually just l- like being more relaxed and less mm-hmm. uptight not uptight but so what's, what's sort of removing mean? my cynical like ways and then just really just relaxing and being really like jovial and fun mm-hmm. And I and it seems to be quite receptive, but on the same token, I oftentimes feel I'm, I'm isolating how I actually truly feel by doing that. But yeah, it's, it's it's not an easy one, I think. So is that a distinction? You feel like when you're being more fun, that's not being authentic, or is there other things that you change? I I just sense? feel like sometimes I'm just pretending, like I like what is really on my mind. I've just pushed to the back of my head, and I'm not actually. This is just clearly not actually how I actually feel. I'm, I look like really happy and stuff but I'm not necessarily not even just that like being happy or unhappy more just I'm I'm just sort of forgetting for whatever time period or whatever I'm doing in that moment mm-hmm. sometimes it is nice um, so I can't really say for sure that I, I don't do it or I don't want to do it now and again but I think if I've if I've if I know I'm like thinking about stuff at the back of my head and you wouldn't really want to talk about it in whatever situation mm-hmm. you know what I mean like, and also just fitting in with the crowds I think you have to do that quite a lot yeah. Uh, even just in work and like outside of work, when you hang out with people, um, I think if you just want to like cut loose a bit and not have to like necessarily be yourself, it's just it's fine. But I think you don't want to lose yourself at the same at the same time. Mm. 
Show some happier stuff. Yeah, <laughs> please. Okay. Um, right, this, is, this is another bit where I'm just going to say this big quote. Um, I think it's actually really interesting, but I've not got really any questions about it. So this is um, in the book, Melanie Griffith, Wild Girl. No, so the essay, Melanie Griffith, Wild Girl and Working Woman by Lucy Bolton. Kramer discusses the idea of the next big thing in Hollywood and differentiates between those actresses whom he sees as temporarily hyped and those who are building well-established careers. Kramer describes how production decisions, the actress's choices, her performance, film marketing, critical responses and box office results interact so as to select a particular performer to become the focus of intense public interest and substantial financial investment on the part of the industry. This process, Kramer says, can work positively to elevate the performer to stardom if the various factors mentioned above reinforce her unique status, thus differentiating her from other performers. However, it can, and indeed more frequently does, also work negatively, keeping her in the position of undistinguished working actress or relegating her back to the status once she has achieved stardom. Kramer's analysis rings true in relation to temporarily hyped stars that one might think of, such as Heather Graham, Boogie Nights 1997, or Alison Doody, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade 1989. And his other category of career builders might include Julianne Moore or Kirsten Dunst. So did Heather Graham in, I guess, Austin Powers have a, a unique status that differentiated her from other performers to you? Or do you not feel that she achieved that? I mean, she was she was good in a regard in it, but I don't know. Thinking about it, I, I guess she's got kind of like a unique persona, but not not really, I would say. I wouldn't know who you would have instead. I think she did good in it, by all means. I, I, yeah, it's nothing that like was... Because of the genre of the film... It's really all about Mike Myers, to be honest. It's not like you're not really going over the top on the other characters. It's just they're just... I don't want to say means to an end because that's very harsh, but as in like they're, they're setting up really Mike Myers' character more than they are actually doing them themselves. So I wouldn't say it's been... It was the best like thing to sort of stick out, but it was still very good. I guess while this is like a, a parody of James Bond, I guess it's kind of like that thing where yeah. Bond has like a different love interest in every film or like um, the original Batman films. It's like he will get this seemingly like important relationship with the female lead and then she'll just be gone by the next film. And so I guess they're sort yeah. of interchangeable in that way. Yeah. Um, do you see her in Lost in Space? Uh, which Lost in Space? Well, uh, I remember one Lost in Space one, but I can't actually from, remember if it's the one I've watched. It was Gary Oldman. It was in, and William Hurt in 1998. I think so. And it's, apparently it's, like people say it's awful. I only watched it as a kid. I remember being terrified by it. Um, Matt LeBlanc is her love interest in it. You know, I might have seen it, you know. I'm trying to, really trying to picture the film because it's been, must have been ages and ages since I've seen it. I mean, it bombed, I think it's bombed and it's considered to be like a piece of trash, but I remember really enjoying it as a kid. The, the robot kind of scares me more than anything. He's supposed to be a good character. Well, Gary Oldman turns into this like massive, like I don't know what you call it, like bug man. Oh it's yeah, fucking freaky. Yeah, yeah. But I saw it recently. The CGI looks shit, so it doesn't look convincing. But kind of reminds me a bit of a Stargatey feel as well. Yeah, does have that. Which isn't good. Which isn't a good thing. And I think it's in one way it's not aged very well in terms of um, Matt LeBlanc and Heather Graham's sort of relationship because he's basically what was considered to be a flirty band for the time. He looks like a sexual pest. Drawing lots of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's kind of his character and friends. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got that. At least, at least, at least he's keeping form. Imagine his, imagine his, uh, the HR report they have to do about like their weird like international space stations. He's like, yeah, more get, get some gross misconduct. Licentious <laughs> man. So, um, this was from 
54 thoughts we had while watching Lost in Space by Sci-Fi on Sci-Fi by Sarah Century. So they're on this ship, planning to go deep into space for the smallest crew ever, and they hired Matt LeBlanc to pilot the ship, but in truth they hired him to ceaselessly sexually harass Dr. Heather Graham, the eldest daughter of the Robinsons. She turns down his abnormally aggressive flirting, and then he says, that's one cold fish I'd like to thaw. That's... I don't even remember that. I think you're too young at the time. Oh, yeah. It's just... What the hell is that? It's just... Yeah, again, it's just garbage cinema from... (laughs) (laughs) From from a dark age of cinema where it's like, yeah, we've got all this new technology, but it's like we're going to write like it's like we're in 1950 or something. It's just... Yeah, it's just just dreadful, isn't it? So, I'll just do a quick fire. See if you've seen any of these. So, the first thing I've got is in 1992, she was in Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. No. (laughs) Swingers, 1996. No. Got Bigger Nights, 1997. We've, no, been Scream, through that. Scream 2, 1997. Yeah, I've seen Scream 2. So she uh, is in the film of the film where the Drew Barrymore character, they yeah. make a film of her yeah, life yeah. and she plays the Drew yeah. Barrymore, which is also like, I think, I interesting in terms of her like star persona because yeah. they like, make it more sexual. They give her like shower scenes, but it's also because she's coming off the back of Boogie Nights. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Lost in Space, 1998. Yeah. Austin Powers, 1999. Yeah. Scrubs, 2004 to 2005. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then The Hangover, was that 2008? Yeah. I think. So, fair amount. I mean, it's just the earlier 90s stuff because, like, no one in my family probably would have gone out and obtained said films. So, I wouldn't have had a chance unless they're on the TV by happenstance. Probably may have not watched them. But I feel I would have felt weird if I had just religiously watched everything she's in because then it's like it's not really a crush at that point, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. And it's not really a crush per se. It's just obviously you have to, like, say something. So, I'm like, well, yeah, obviously, yeah. I kind of understand but yeah I'm not like something I can't constantly think about right should we wrap up there yeah <laughs> thanks mate uh, thank you for having me <laughs> thank you for doing it uh, I didn't realise I had to go get a fucking masters in like, <laughs> film, like, podcast you didn't give me any notes so I feel bad but yeah it's enjoyable I like doing stuff like this yeah, well, we get, I'll, tell you, I'll edit it and then maybe we can do another one yeah sweet